The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. What is the history of money? Is there a better way? Communism and socialism are not the answer, as evidenced by so many failed experiments, like the Soviet Union, Cuba, and Venezuela, to name a few. Donetskas is of the opinion that capitalism is not working either. Could we learn from the ancient ones in order to bring about a system that renders money useless, but that uses the energy of the people instead? Why is history wrong on human origins? Does ancient technology give us a new perspective on the Anunnaki? What is the nature of reality? What is the scientific agenda? I'm sure you have seen mountains with a flat top. Think of Devil's Tower in Wyoming. Could these have been giant trees cut with ancient technology in order to mine monoatomic gold? Think of the movie Avatar. These are some of the topics we're discussing tonight. Greetings, I'm your host, Mel Fabregas at Veritas Radio. If you want to listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. And if you want to get in touch with me, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. I always love to hear from you. Tonight's special guest is Michael Challenger, a scientist in the true sense of the word, never shying away from controversial issues and scrutinizing every clue meticulously. He approaches everything from a scientific perspective and is not afraid to discuss anything and everything, just like me. For over three decades, Michael has had a long obsession with the origins of humankind and the genetic anomalies of our species and has authored many books. His websites are michaeltellinger.com and ubuntu or ubuntuplanet.org. Both are linked on our website. Michael Tellinger joins us directly from South Africa. Hello, Michael, and welcome back to Veritas. How are you? I'm fabulous, Mal. So nice to hear your voice and great to be talking to you again. It's great. It's great also. It's almost like uh, last time I saw you was at the East City Ranch 2011, six years ago. And I feel like I just spoke to you yesterday, so glad to be reconnected. Michael, I haven't talked to you in years. Can you just give us a, a quick summary of what has happened with Michael Tellinger in the past few years, just to give us an update? Well, thank you very much, Mel. Uh, as as everything uh, in our lives, we are on a journey that we have very little control over. <laughs> Uh, and uh, and some of us fight our journey and and some of us enjoy the ride and and uh, follow the flow of the river that our journey has uh, provided us with. And um, I guess uh, several years ago, it was more or less when I met you, 2010, I think it was, when I first um, realized that that I had a, a, um, a slight diversion in my in my path, and I, I was forced with the choice to either follow the, the river of life that was being presented to me or to fight it. And I chose at that time to follow the river of life and uh, and see where it takes me. And I'm very happy that I did because it was at that time that I decided to put a lot of more time and effort into uh, promoting the Ubuntu philosophy and, and talking more about uh, a new world without money or free of the control and the constraints of money. 
and uh, and and see how that how, what happens and that's exactly what I did so my research into the ancient civilizations of southern Africa the stone circles Adam's calendar uh, the advanced technology um, I guess was in some way hijacked by my by the rapid evolution and the rapid growth of the Ubuntu movement uh, that came out of that research uh, obviously and um, realizing what money is, where it comes from, the origins of money, how it was created, invented, and and how it manipulates and controls humanity for thousands of years. And um, slowly but surely, the, the Ubuntu movement evolved and grew um, on its own, and I just had to, I guess, manage and, uh, and stay with the program. <laughs> and here we are today, um, and, you know, 12 years down the road from when I first started talking about a, a world free of money, a moneyless society where money doesn't exist. What would that look like? Uh, and uh, had no idea when I started to share those those crazy thoughts in 2005 when I first started talking about that, um, how quickly that would evolve into a movement that is now in more than 200 countries of the world and uh, supported by millions of people. And... Um, and that, so that's really what's been happening. Uh, un, unexpected, un, unbelievable uh, journey that I've been taken on. We briefly discussed this back in, actually, you're right, 2010, not 2011, so almost eight years. But uh, Ubuntu, or how do you pronounce it? Ubuntu or Ubuntu? U Ubuntu, yeah. Ubuntu. 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 How different is this? Uh, I've been thinking of, of the parallels with some other concepts, the Venus Project, uh, how does it relate to something like the Venus Project, for example? Um, I, you know, I love the Venus Project, and I, and I, and I loved um, Jacques Fresco dearly. He was a, an absolute beautiful human being, uh, a visionary, uh, and 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 a, a, a bright light to remove money from society for many decades before I even entered the picture. And he paved the paved the way for other broad thinkers and people that that are brave enough to step outside of the box and not be afraid to ask questions, you know, and and not be afraid to explore new horizons. Um, the, the the major difference between Venus Project and the Ubuntu movement is that uh, Venus Project put a lot of emphasis on technology. And and um, you know suggesting what our cities and our and our world would look like, uh, and I believe that that was possibly the not the right way or not not the way it will evolve. I believe that uh, we should always put people first, and that's probably the biggest difference between Ubuntu and uh, Venus Project. In in the Ubuntu movement, we be we believe that technology exists, it has evolved, it exists, it's there for us to be able to use. But um, the the people will decide what technology they need to help them uh, in the society, the kind of society and the kind of world that they want to live in and not be driven by technology, which is really the world we have today. If you think about it, today the technology is developed for us by the corporations that in most cases, the big global corporations that run the world are really controlled by the banks. So uh, the technology we have today is, is developed for us by the large corporations. It's not really there to serve us. It's there to, to control us and enslave us. Uh, and the large corporations are, are really behind that as well. Um, so the Ubuntu movement is uh, very much uh, 
a movement that that is all about the people, by the people, for the people, what is best for the people, decided by the people, and that includes the technology and the kind of um, environment that the people find themselves in. I want to discuss more about, about Ubuntu, but I also want to ask you, a lot of people are emailing me lately asking me about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and so on. Do you think cryptocurrencies are bait to transition the world into digital currency? How does Bitcoin and the rest of the cryptocurrency relate in any way at all? And I know that it's a moneyless society, what you're presenting or proposing. How do they relate to the Ubuntu liberation movement, if, if there's any space for this concept at all? Well, that's uh, it's a very important thing that you mentioned there because I I, I do believe that the the cryptocurrencies are probably a, a a trap and a decoy to to lure us into a false sense of security that we are now dealing with a, a moneyless society and and that is not true. Uh, cr cryptocurrency is still a currency and it's a form of exchange and a form of a bartering and a form of trading. And uh, and that's exactly what the Ubuntu movement uh, is is uh, completely and utterly uh, moving away from any form of money. Uh, so let me just remind the people that are not aware of this: the the Ubuntu manifesto or what I call the mantra, the five point mantra is no money, no barter, no trade of any kind, no value attached to anything larger than any any anything else, uh, because all of our contributions should always be deemed to be equal. Um, and uh, and finally, a society in which everybody contributes their natural talents or acquired skills for the greatest benefit of everyone in the community. So no form of money or change or exchange or bartering whatsoever. And cryptocurrencies remain a form of bartering or exchange because as long as you've got any form of money or currency or bartering or trading or exchanging, somebody somewhere will find a way to exploit that situation and will use it for their own benefit at the expense of the others. That's the way it simply works because you, the moment you have that kind of situation, uh, you create uh, a, an opportunity for inequality and an opportunity for, um, for division. And that's exactly what we need to move away from. And, and keep in mind that And, and, you know, when I do these, these workshops, these Ubuntu workshops, these extended and really in-depth workshops for two days with people, eventually when they come out of there, they are finally stripped and, and cleansed of their need for some sort of form of money or exchange because it has become such a grudge, such a, uh, a, a, a drug and, um, and an obsession with most of us that we, we really struggle to let go of it. Some people get it very quickly. Some people get it immediately. Some people take a little while and some people just resist it. They believe that we need money or some sort of form of trade or exchange. Otherwise, we can't survive. And that's when when we realize how poisoned we have become with this concept that was introduced several thousand years ago for one single purpose only. And that was as a tool of enslavement over humanity. So it's only when we get rid of money, only when we do something completely different that has never been done before in our human living memory, do something so dram dramatically different and, and, and opposed to what we're told we should do. Only then will we free ourselves 
from those tools of enslavement. And the key thing that has come out of this 12-year journey that I've been on with, with you know, the Ubuntu movement evolving itself in many ways um, and taking me along on, the, on its journey is, is the realization that, and this has been the biggest realization for me, it literally happened in the last two years, when I realized we cannot fight or resist or oppose the current system. Because the moment you do, you get entangled in its energetic form. You get entangled in that black magic that is woven around itself. And we cannot fight it, resist it, oppose it. We cannot engage in any of those old paradigm tactics and behavior. We have to step away from it and stop opposing or resisting it. And we use the tools of liber- the tools of enslavement, which is money, capitalism, the greed of money, the entire social structure that's been woven as a spell around us. So we use the tools of enslavement as tools of liberation to help create a new society in which money is no longer needed. And this is uh, the most beautiful journey that uh, that I've discovered, and uh, and I guess become the the most incredible twisted poetic justice that anybody could have ever imagined. That money and the concept of capitalism will become the tools that actually undo itself. And the interesting thing is that most people don't understand the history of money. Why is it that we? pay with, now now we use these central banks, fiat money, Federal Reserve notes. They have absolutely no value. They have a printing shop. It's nothing but a legalized counterfeiting agency, uh, the way I see it. But if you look back in time, hundreds or if not thousands of years ago, uh, when people used to barter and then they started exchanging precious metals, uh, you know, silver, uh, gold coins, and so on. And it was, they needed to put them somewhere because they were accumulating them and they found somebody to keep them. They called it a bank. And then all of a sudden the, the bankers say, wait a second, all these people have all these gold coins here. I want to be able to lend this money out there without people knowing because they won't withdraw it. And that's the, the, whole, the whole concept of interest came along. And it has de-evolved to what we have today around the world, which is what subjugates the entire world. And those countries that do not want to participate are the axis of evil. Isn't that interesting? Oh, absolutely. Uh, And as you said, very few people have any idea or knowledge of what money is, where it comes from, um, how how it was created, who created it, who's responsible for creating it. and uh, who controls it today? Who controlled it in the ancient times? Um, and uh, and how it's how it controls the world today? And this is really important. So I'd like to just go through this. And and what what most people go uh, go on about money is the is the misinformation and the disinformation that comes to us or that we are given in our education system, in our so-called accounting classes, in our at, at universities and at schools, when we talk about history and the origins of, of, of money and bartering and trading, um, is pretty much a story that you tell. But that's not necessarily true. The real story is that 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 money appears complete as as a concept, as as a physical form of control and a tool of enslavement. It appears it has it did not evolve. It appeared very quickly and very suddenly. And then the concept of bartering and trading and and the and money as a tool of enslavement that then starts to morph and change 
over hundreds of years and thousands of years based on the needs and the manipulative tactics of those who were controlling the money supply in those days already. So nothing has changed. Everything has been this, the same way that money is controlled by a few global elite families today, the same way it was controlled thousands of years ago. And then the forms of money, the way that we are now going away from physical money into, into um, cryptocurrency and 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 a cashless society, and, and we need to talk about that. This is a big, huge danger to all of us. While we are still trapped in this money-driven and controlled system, the moment we enter a cashless society, we become complete and utter slaves to the system. At least cash, as evil, as bad as it may be, at least having cash in your home and having millions of dollars stashed away in cash, that still gives you some power and some control and some ability to take control of your own uh, activities. If you are completely and utterly controlled by some invisible company somewhere controlling access to your electronic invisible money on some card, and you have no control of it, you know they can shut you down in a second, and you have nothing. So a cashless society is a very very dangerous thing to our liberties and 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 our immediate liberties right now. So we've got to guard against that at all cost. We've got to insist and and hold on to the the cash in our in our lives and in our in our money driven system until we find a new system. Uh, but the origins of money, as you mentioned, is a is a very interesting and a mysterious uh, situation, and that takes us back to the reason why the Ubuntu movement started for exactly this moment that we're about to discuss, when I realized that there was a time in human history, when I was researching the origins of humankind, I started researching it deeply before I wrote Slave Species of God. And, um, and I realized that there was a very specific time in human history that money suddenly appears as a complete and utter philosophy and a tool of enslavement. And, uh, and that's many thousands of years ago. Um, it's very difficult to say exactly when because of the, the murky historic lines and we know very little about that time in human history except what the Sumerian tablets tell us. And then many of the interpretations of the Sumerian tablets are not always accurate and uh, and come from an in, uh, a naive perception of what was going on uh, in the world. But what we are told uh, in the Sumerian texts, um, especially the king's lists, we are told that there was a time when kingdom was descended to earth from heaven, and the first priest kings were appointed by the gods. These first priest kings, I guess, were the first slave masters that were appointed by the gods. These could be the Anunnaki, most likely, um, and these advanced beings that that, uh, that appeared on Earth, um, mostly uh, act active in the in the search for gold and the obsession for gold. We can expand on that uh, if you want to as well. And these these first priest kings were appointed among from the humans and and possibly half breeds of the humans and Anunnaki or the sons of the gods. That's also possible. So again, who these first priest kings were that were appointed is a big question. And these first priest kings were 
were pretty much the the, the snitches uh, for the Anunnaki and the, the gods over humanity to make sure that they were controlled and manipulated and kept under control. And these first priest kings were given advanced uh, weapons of mass destructions or west, uh, weapons of control and manipulation with which they could smite the humans if they didn't obey. And this is why the, 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 the kings took control, not because people wanted to have a king, because they thought, well, we need a king. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section, or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.